Blog Talk Radio. BlogTalkRadio.com. Word of Life is based on John 10.10, where Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. We're your co-hosts here. I am Renetta, coming to you from Gladwin, and my co-host Ella is here, coming to you from Kalamazoo, Michigan. We would like for you to contact us by emailing your comments, prayer requests, or questions to wordalive612 at gmail.com. And that's a capital W. You can also contact us by following us on Twitter at Word Alive Now. You can listen to us 24-7 here at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Word Alive. All of our archives are available on demand or by downloading our podcast Word Alive at iTunes and on your Android phone by downloading the uh, Blog Talk Radio app and listening to Word Alive on your phone. We're so glad that each and every one of you were able to join us tonight. We invite you to call a friend and have them to tune in and listen to the message as well, listen to the broadcast as well. Um, Word Alive is on each Saturday night at 11 p.m. You can call in and participate live by dialing 646 3780538 and if you are online listening uh scroll down to the bottom and join us in the chat room god bless and enjoy well hello this is Renetter here at word alive tonight is uh July the 4th 2015 and happy independence day to everyone who is listening we hope you enjoyed your day today. For those who celebrated, we hope you had a wonderful time celebrating the independence of the United States of America from uh, Britain. And so um, we're going to just forward forward. Uh, my uh, co-host Ella is not with us yet tonight. She may be joining us later. But um, we are talking about Perception formed by influences. And last week we gave the definition. I'm not going to go through all the definitions I went through last week. So if you haven't listened to the first one, listen to the first one first and then come back and listen to this one. But I will briefly just go over perception, the way you think about or understand someone or something, the way that you notice or understand something using one of your senses, a result of perceiving, observation, a mental image, concept, physical sensation interpreted in the light of experience, perception. And so we're talking about how our, our perceptions are formed 
by the experiences that we have had in our lifetime up to this moment. Everything that's happened to my life up to this moment that I have retained, consciously or subconsciously, has a contribution to my perception, has a contribute has a contribution to the way I think about or understand someone or something. The way that I perceive something or someone, observe uh, the mental image that I form or the concept that I formed using any of my senses. For example, uh, my taste buds taste things today based on the things that I've introduced my taste buds to over my lifetime. For example, when you taste something new that you've never tasted before, if it's not uh, similar to anything that's in your family of foods that you eat, you're going to have to taste it quite a few times to develop a um, awareness of what this taste is and where it fits. The very first time you taste it, you may not get comfortable with it. You may not like it. And a lot of people, when they taste something for the first time, if they don't like it, they never go back and eat it again. But there are some, for example, if you in the habit of eating a lot of uh, junk food, regular food doesn't appease to you a lot. As a matter of fact, you have to eat it a few times before you get comfortable with it and you say, oh, you know, some of this stuff is pretty good. Have you ever heard somebody say, oh, I used to hate that, but the more I ate it, the more I liked it, you know? And it's the same thing with the way we see things, the way we hear things, the way we perceive over time, our experiences and the things that we allow in our environment help influence our perception, helps influence the way we think, the way we perceive, the way we see things, the way we take things in, and the way we give things out. It's based on memories that we have formed through the experience that we've had up to this point. So this week we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 22. For my people is foolish. They have not known me. They are saltish children, and they have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. Now, that was a very interesting scripture when I read that. I'm like, wow, that's a very uh, interesting scripture. It says they are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. And he's not making an excuse for these people doing evil. He's giving an explanation of why they do evil. They are wise to do evil. And but to do give do good, they have no knowledge. So they have the concept of doing evil. They have enough experience in their lifetime to do evil. They have enough uh, influences upon them that it's pretty simple and easy for them to do evil easily. One of the other definitions for perception was the ability to understand or notice something easily. So they have so many evil influences in their life and evil experiences that doing evil comes easy to them. 
but to do good, they have no knowledge. They don't have anything to base doing good on. So to do good for them would be a harder concept for them to form. It would be a harder thought process for them to go through to cause or enable them to do good because they have no knowledge of it. They have nothing to base it on. So when we first get saved and you hear somebody preach, be ye holy for I am holy. Well, if you've never been in church and you got saved last week, and you never heard anything about holiness, you have no idea what that minister is talking about. Be you holy, for I am holy. What is he talking about? Who is he talking about? Because they have no former memory experiences or influences to face, to 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 base that scripture on, so they don't have an understanding of it and they have no knowledge of it. So can they probably walk out and be holy because God is holy? Probably not because they don't have no concept or image of what that is. So in order for me to operate in a certain way, i got to have something to base it on. You know, like if you buy a new machine and it comes without a manual and you take it out the package and you look at all these knobs and cords and connections and you're like, well, where's the manual? Because I don't know how to use this. I've never used one of these before. I have no idea, no concept with which I can use this machine. I have no image in my memory that is feeding me or helping me right now. So these people couldn't do good because they had nothing within them equipping them to carry out the act of good. But they had a lot within them equipping them to carry out the act of evil. Get it? (laughs) So when we first get saved, this is a new world to us. We don't know how to live as holy people, walk as holy people. We don't know how to love our neighbor as ourselves. Some of us, when we first get saved, don't love ourselves. We have to learn to love ourselves. Some of us don't know what love is. We have to learn the concept of love. Someone says, Jesus loves you. Oh, when we first heard it, well, that sounds pretty amazing. I've always wanted somebody to love me, whatever that is. I want to hear people talk about it. It sounds like a really good thing, but I don't have that experience. But somewhere within me, there's something that lets me know this is what I want. This is what I want. The thing that's within you, that's giving you the go-ahead or the clearance or the okay to respond to this love of God that people are telling you about, came from God himself. And all of us is a call to love, a call to be loved. There's something within us that causes us to want love. We want to be loved and we want to love out. We want to receive it and we want to give it. Where did it come from? It came from God himself. For God, the scripture tells us that God is love. All right. So if I don't have anything to base this on, that means I have to start forming new memories. I have to... uh, Gather new influences. I gotta allow myself to be influenced by something different 
than what's been influencing me up to this point, or I will continue to be wise to do evil but not be able to do good because I don't have the knowledge to do it. So where am I going to gain this knowledge of goodness, knowledge that it will enable me and equip me to do good and stop doing evil? So there has to be a complete transformation of my thought process. If I only know to do evil, but I don't know enough to do good. The scripture tells us in Romans uh, 12 and 1, Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think that's 12 and 2. Why? Because I can't think the way I thought, thought all my life and get to where I need to be. Once salvation comes in, everything about me is about to change. It has to change. But I need a tool that will help me or cause me to change. I need something to feed my mind so that my perception begins to be formed by new influences, godly influences, so that I will no longer only be wise to do evil, but I will be wise to do good. I will have knowledge of good. And if I have knowledge of good, then I can walk out good. That's why we need the Word of God. Let's take a look at Psalms 119. I'm going to read 99 through 107, 111, 115 through 116, 125, and 129 through 130. Just for uh, to save time. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I, therefore, I have not departed. I mean, therefore, I have not departed from thy judgment, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. You hear that? Remember before, but to do good they have no knowledge. Now here in verse 1 of 4 it says, through thy precepts. Through God's precepts, I get understanding. I get understanding. That's where I get the understanding that will enable me to do good. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. (coughs) Excuse me. Therefore, I hate every false way, none. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn, and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgment. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. 
for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. I am thy servant. Give me understanding, that I may know thy testimonies. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, doeth my soul keep them. The entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. So this is why we need the word of God. The word of God is the testimony of God. The word of God is the will of God. The word of God reveals to us the purposes of God, the character of God, the love of God. So if I get into the word of God, then I will begin to know his testimonies. As I learn his testimonies, I can think upon them. I can meditate upon them. And I will understand more than those who've gone on before me because I have God's precepts. And I love this scripture. I'm going to go back to verse 100. It says in the middle, I keep thy precepts. In verse 101, I have refrained, because I keep thy precepts, I'm sorry, I have refrained my feet from every evil way. So you have to get the precepts of God. You have to get an understanding of God's standard, God's way of doing it, God's precepts. His ways are not our ways. They are so beyond us. That's why we have to go to him for it. When we go to the word, we're going to God to get it his way. We want to see what does God think about it? What does God see in it? How does God feel about it? How does it affect God? Does it please God? And then it says, he he refrained his feet from the evil way, so that he won't, so that he would keep God's word. Because of God's precepts, he refrained his feet from evil, so that he would keep God's word. That's letting us know right now. I can't mix the two. I can't mingle with evil and keep God's word too. It's not going to work. So now that I am saved, now that I have been accepted by the beloved, I got to stay away from evil. And I have to stay connected to him. I have to get connected to him. And the easiest way to get connected to God is through his word. Cause like I said, the word reveals God, it reveals his testimony, his will. It tells us about it. The word of God testifies of God. And then once I read it, and once I get an understanding of it, the Holy Spirit will be with me as I walk through this word. And he gives me understanding and revelation of the word. 
Now I got to meditate on that. Meditate on the revelation the Holy Spirit has given me as I read and study the Word of God. Ponder it. Think about it. Chew on it. Mm, mm, mm. Eat it. Make it yours. My pastor, Pastor Lisa Adamchek, have a saying when she's ministering the Word. She said, you got to make this Word your own. And if I put the Bible on a shelf when I get home and never pick it up till I go back to church again, I'm not going to make that word my own. I'm not chewing it. I'm not meditating on it. I'm not getting it into my heart. Making it a part of me. Glory to God. And then after I read the word and I study the word and I meditate upon the word, I need to ask God to do in me what he's sending that word to do. Now I'm going to go down to verse 107. The last part of that verse says, Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. Quicken me. According to thy word, make me alive according to thy word. Mm, 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 mm. Hallelujah. Verse 111, thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever. I'm not going to ever let it go. I'm holding your testimony as a heritage. It's mine. For they are the rejoicing of my heart. That's why I rejoice, because of your word. Not because of what my mama did. Not because of what my father did, my natural father. Not because of what my husband did. But because of your word, because of your testament, because of your truth. And now I can say, depart from me, ye evildoers. Because I'm making a declaration. I'm going to keep the commandments of my God. Now I can call you my God. I'm meditating upon your word. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep your precepts. Hallelujah. I'm going to make you my God. Now, God, you uphold me according to thy word, that I may live. And let me not be ashamed of my hope. Let this word be fulfilled to me. Because now my hope is in you. Your word has caused me to hope in you. And let me not be ashamed of my hope. Let it come true for me. Now I'm dropping down to 125. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may keep thy testimonies. He's still asking for help to keep it. I've thought about it. I've studied it. I've meditated on it. I realize I can't do this on my own. And you know what? God don't expect you to. He wants you to lean and depend upon him. That's why his word, that's why he's a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. He don't expect you to do this on your own. His word is a lamp unto your feet, a light unto your path. He gave you the help you needed. Before you even got saved, he made sure your help was here for you. The problem with us is we don't always turn to our help. We depend on ourselves to 
get out of trouble, to find our own way. Well, God didn't expect you to do that. His salvation bought us so much more. His salvation brought along with it all we needed to be fully equipped to not be ashamed of our hope, to be fully equipped to walk his word out, to be manifestors of the word of God in the earth, to be doers of the word, to be carriers of his glory throughout the earth, that others may come to know God. Hallelujah, because his testimony is alive and living in us and through us. How does it live through us? By the life we live in the word of our testimony. Because our testimony is of him. Glory to God. They are wonderful. Verse 129 tells us. Therefore doeth my soul keep them. Because they are wonderful. Your testimonies are wonderful. What you have done is wonderful. It's glorious to behold. When I think of the goodness and all that he has done for me, my soul truly cries out, hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. Praise God for bringing me to this truth. Praise God for choosing me to hear the truth and enabling me by his grace and his, the measure of faith he gave me without me even asking for it, so that I could believe the truth when I heard it. 130 says, the entrance of that word giveth light. So then when his word entered me, it gave light, enough light for me to believe it for myself. It giveth understanding unto the simple. I understood just enough to believe. I can't explain to you now how God is able to save us. Knowing his plan and knowing what he did, I can't explain to you how or why it works. But I can testify that it does because it worked for me. I live a glorious, victorious life over sin. A victorious life shining forth the glory of God. Telling others of his goodness and equipping and enabling others to walk this wonderful life out with God. Hallelujah. It's so amazing. If you've never heard anything like this before, I just want to invite you to give God a chance. Wherever you are, open up your heart and just say, if you don't know God, if you don't know if he's real or not, be honest. Give him a chance to prove himself to you. Just say, God, if you are real, show me that you're real. Show me who you really are. I want to know. And if you're real, I want to know you. I want to experience you. I want whatever you have for me. But most importantly, I want you in my life. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. God loves you so much. He sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to come into the world as a man and live for you and die for you and be raised again from the dead 
for you, that you can live eternally, and that you can live an abundant life right here on earth, free from sin, free from the penalty of sin, which is death. God took our place on the cross and died so we wouldn't have to pay the penalty of sin, death, that we can live eternally with him and our Father. Jesus died for you. You overcame Satan, our enemy, God's enemy. He overcame the grave, and he rose again, and he lives eternally, seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you so that you can have eternal life. God bless you. Believe in your heart. Open in your mouth and confess what you believe in your heart. And as you confess with your mouth what you've already believed in your heart, you are saved. The Holy Spirit, God, comes and abides within you to live, to lead you, to guide you, to comfort you, to strengthen you, to fortify you, to empower you. Believe it and receive it. And ask God to show you how to find out more about him. He will lead you to the right church to join the right group of people to fellowship with, to learn more about him. Your life would never be the same. Well, have a blessed night, all. We're so glad you joined. Come back next Saturday at 11 p.m. and join Ella and myself here at Word Alive and invite a friend and bring them back with you. God bless. Listen to our archives. Have a God week.